Welcome to episode 10 of Relative Reaction. Hello, hello. My name is Travis. Mama Brian. And this week, we, as you may have heard a little bit from the intro, you heard the acoustic version there, we have our special guest, the first one of the series, Yay. Anthony here, and he's the one that actually wrote that intro for us and initially recorded it, so. Yay. Hello, and thanks for having me. Yes, we are. I'm really excited for this week. I think this week's going to be a lot of fun. It's oh, great yeah. to have a guest on this time. It'll be our first one, so a little new experience, so I'm sorry if it may not come in as clear. It's a new endeavor in the technical world for me here. But like we said, this is episode 10. DECA is its prefix for 10. There are 10 territories in Canada and 10 regions in Ghana. In Hinduism, Lord Vishnu appeared on Earth in 10 incarnations. And then there is also 10 official ink blots in that little ink blot test oh, that everybody talks yes. about. There's 10 official ink blots to that. So let's hit double digits in style this week. Yeah. Uh, as always, go ahead, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We're there. Search up Relative Reaction and you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Last week we actually got uh, Larry to kind of talk to us back on Twitter. And he put you as in the sheep euphemism, had me laugh out loud with the sheep story. He also says that the government needs to stay out of the private lives because he thinks it starts small and then kind of grows over time. Agreed. And then he said the same goes with Netflix. He's kind of nervous about the recommendation thing. He says he thinks in time that it'll turn into full-on commercials if they keep oh, on this route. Then they'll lose all their people. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I, they will. They'll, people will be dropped in Netflix. I do. I think they would definitely get some drops out of that. Netflix is pretty much all I watch since because that doesn't have commercials. Yeah, yes, that's why exactly. me and Carmen. That's why many people watch it. Yeah, that's exactly why me and my wife kept Netflix because it doesn't have commercials with our time schedule. We can just Best thing watch about when games we can. Of thro- of Game of Thrones. No commercials. Yeah, if there's anything good there. Hey, Not that they raise, they raise <laughs> the prices. The other 17 people that have it need to start paying. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, this week, the the layout is going to be a little bit different, obviously. Yeah, We're going to yeah. have a, with our special guest here. Uh, I guess the biggest thing to start out with, is there anything in the first ten episodes that you heard, because I know you've been listening through, anything that caught your attention that you want to talk about before we get into this week? The first thing that comes to mind is last week you were talking about them not holding a flight for the 40 travelers. When I traveled from... Pittsburgh to Chicago to England, they held the flight for me and my wife, and just us two were on the plane that got held up. So that's interesting that they wouldn't do that for half their customers. Yeah, that that still blows my mind that they didn't hold Shout the... Shout out to Erica. That still blows my mind that they didn't hold the flight for... I know, 40, 40 people. 40 people. That had to be most of the flight. Which I know last week we were talking about, just England kind of made me think of it, we were talking about how we have a listener that came in from Sweden, which was awesome. Well, turns out we also have one that a faithful listener from the UK. I see you you hit all all the episodes that are on Spotify, so thank you. That would truly appreciate it. That is awesome to see that we're starting to reach out there. Have some tea and crumpets. <laughs> Let's not offend everyone before we even get to the first first story we're gonna offend everyone and kick them all off. Hi. Well, I think this week, as our special guest, if you want to go ahead and kick us off the first story this week. Yeah. Okay, tattoos in the workplace. According to US Today, four out of ten people now have tattoos, and only 19% of people said that they wouldn't get tattoos. 
And statistically, we're looking at the same earnings. There's no distinguishable difference between people with or without tattoos when it comes to earning potential. And it says some people might even be more likely to land a job in today's social climate. And this study comes from the University of Miami Business and the University of West Australia. Interesting. I didn't realize that you might be more likely to get a job with a tattoo. Well, I don't think it's nearly as taboo as it once was. No, it is in the workplace. This well, isn't 50 years ago when it, there was well, still a stigma on it, so to speak. Not even 50 years. When your dad joined the service, you weren't allowed to have tattoos. You like They had to be in certain spots, and you yeah, couldn't that has uncover them up during a lot. work. That was uh, less than 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they have lightened that up a lot, too, because I had a friend that, mm-hmm. even when she went and she has tattoos, and she had to get the one removed on her neck they didn't allow anything on the neck. Oh, I'm sorry. That just, ow. But I think even now that's starting to be more and more allowed, like if you have it or whatnot. Even when I was in high school, you couldn't donate blood if you had a tattoo, and now you can. Yes. That was, less, that was 10 years ago. When I used to donate blood at the, my first job, they that was one of their questions they would ask. Do you wow, have I a didn't tattoo? realize that. Yep. I know they don't allow you to have, like, you can't have your tattoo within, what is it, like, the last six months or something. You can't donate blood if you've gotten one recently, but otherwise it's fine. I don't even think they make you wait six months now as long as it's healed and it was by, at an actual shop, but... Yeah, done by a professional, not in your basement. Yeah. And now they have tattoo parties and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've never gotten a tattoo in a hotel room or anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I wouldn't know anything about that. No, I just have the one, or was it a parlor? I mean, I want more. I keep, I, I want to, I want more. I love my tattoo. I absolutely love it. But do you think this is because of more businesses being run small time now and the hippie culture coming back, if you will? I don't, see, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of hippie culture per se, but I do think that the stigma around it is starting to go away. Mm-hmm. And I think business owners are starting to realize that if you want employees, you're gonna to have to have you're gonna start have to go a lot more lenient on tattoos. It, tattoos are also more visible now. Like even in movies and stuff, you'll see actors or actresses with tattoos. Oh yeah, well, I mean Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah, baby. He has that tattoo that he initially got just drawn on for the mummy, and he liked it so much. Now he had, you know, he got it permanent. So that's in all of his movies now. So I mean, that's a big name actor with a tattoo that everybody knows of with that shorter tattoo it's not even like the crazy mike tyson face tattoo or anything it's just a normal (laughs) tattoo but i think so because i mean like my wife she has nine tattoos and i don't think she's ever been really discriminated against on her tattoos because there's nothing offensive now i know like every job like even my job has a thing you know if you have tattoos as long as they're not offensive they can be shown or anything but it hasn't seemed to stop her from getting a job or having that stigma on it anymore no i don't really think there is like a stigma associated with tattoos anymore maybe when we lived down south there was like a little bit of one yeah the south is because we was in the little bible belt there and they were kind of they get offended by everything yeah yes they they were were definitely anti-tattoo can you think of any profession that would service you that you wouldn't want whoever it is dealing with you to have a tattoo hmm you know, I really can't think of one that would, like, offend me if they had a tattoo. 
Now, I know a lot of businesses, and I don't... I don't even think, like, a doctor or anything would really bother me. No, I think as long as it doesn't have anything, like, offensive, like, I don't need offensive tattoos on on your forearms, you know, where you've seen, and then you're going to be in this corporate environment welcoming people, like, it's not very welcoming, but... I don't think it's anything gory or offensive that there's anything wrong with it. I don't want no swastika on the forehead, Manson style or nothing, but yeah. Yeah, if, if my lawyer had gang <laughs> tattoos on his knuckles, I might be worried yeah, about him. You know, but there's a little sum-sum there. <laughs> but seen, I can't think of anything like that now. I've seen people wearing suits that are way more offensive looking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I noticed, like, even t- in today's society, even when I were talking about, like, the stigma's not really there, there's still businesses that if you have tattoos, you have to wear sleeves to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I know IHOPs do that. Really? Hobby Lobbies do that. Okay, uh, Hobby Lobby's a Christian place. But what does that have to do with anything with tattoos? Well, they're just saying, I know that Christianity as a whole is almost, I would say, anti-tattoo. Because, I, I mean, I've been to churches that have Oh, no, I'm tattoos. not saying, I'm saying, like... Uh, I would say some sectors of Christianity, like maybe Baptist, Southern oh, yeah, you're, Baptist. You're down home. So, like, kind of like you were saying in the Southern when you get that really yeah. backwards, like that 1700 style Christianity in the Bible Belt there where they don't put up with any of that shit. Mm-mm. But I've noticed, like, I know those are the only two that are coming to my mind immediately. And I know I've seen it more than just them. But for some reason, those are the first two that I can immediately remember having to see their sleeves. And they have to wear that sleeve if you have a tattoo that's visible even at zaxby's they actually if you had a tattoo that was visible on the arm or anything you had to wear a sleeve like if you had sleeve tattoos i guess it's like piercings i know a lot of places make you take your piercing out if you're but the piercings a lot of times are for a safety thing because if you work like in a kitchen or if you work out in construction you can't have loops or piercings like that because it could be a safety hazard so what if that were to get caught or anything like that? You can only have just a you know simple stud on your ear. You can't have any lip rings or anything. But that doesn't have anything to do with the per, uh, appearance. It has more to do with a safety feature of what if something were to happen and that could get caught. Okay, I see that. Kind of like how you have to wear non-slick shoes into a kitchen. It's not because it's a fashion statement. God knows they're ugly as hell. But it's a safety feature. Or if you have to wear steel-toe boots because you're on a construction site, they're hot as hell. You don't want to wear them, but it's a safety feature if something got dropped on your toe. I'm tatted. Mm-hmm. I got a whole heart. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think it's... I, I can't think of anyone that would really bother me to have a tattoo no matter where it's at. How about piercings? That as well, as long as it's not like a safety thing. Like, I understand the safety rules mm-hmm. for it, but I couldn't see that making me think any differently of someone no matter what the job or spot I was going to where they were working has it. How about those modifications they have out now? Like, you can get, like, horns and stuff? Yeah, that's different. That's creepy as Ooh, hell. That's scary. I don't understand that or when people split their tongue. Oh, no. But no, again, I don't think that... That doesn't affect me as far as, like, if I'm a customer wherever oh, no. they're at. I still don't care if they have it. I just think it's creepy as fuck. Right, right. I, I don't understand how like people split their we, tongues. That just looks yes. painful to me. We went into Hot Topic once, and Daddy was like, her shirt's really cool. You should check that out. So I go and look. It wasn't a shirt. She had, like, chains going across oh. her back. Oh, yeah, had all those back piercings <laughs> together. That one, that one's a little weird. Yeah, that just looks painful to me. It's not even anything as far as, like, I don't like pain. I don't want that pain. Well, what, what's your first story this week, Bryn? All right, mine is Hard Rock Hurts. This is the study of rock music and its correlation to depression. 
A recent study taken with college students from L.A. says there's a link between hard rock music and anxiety and depression. But the question is, is it the music that leads one to depression or anxiety, or is somebody with depression and anxiety drawn to hard rock? That was actually just going to be my next question: Is does the study say that it causes it, or no, is it what they don't? They people just that say, have depression, anxiety, typically listen to more. Yes, they just say there's a higher percentage of people who listen to rock music that have that suffer from depression and anxiety. They don't know if it brings it out or if they've already had this and now they're like drawn to rock music. They say something about all the grunts and all that stuff. Actually, like if you're depressed or anxiety, it kind of helps. Hmm. That's kind of it. I mean, it does. I will say when I'm... But they're talking hard, hard rock. You know, we're talking like that screamo and I don't even know. There's like, there was a bunch of genre, genres. Genres. Almost said it wrong. Genres out. Like, uh, even they even studied emo. I love emo music. Absolutely love it. I've seen Facebook posts, so it's basically just on action allegations that say that listening to depressing music, why you're depressed, is supposed to help relieve it because it makes you feel associated with it. Make you feel like somebody else yeah, exactly. out there feels like you do. I think it has a lot to do with if you listen to music like that, they have all of their, like, every bit of their being is into that music. And you can feel like, you know, they're putting everything they have 110% on the line and their feelings and their thoughts into their music. And I think that kind of makes you connect because you can feel the, I don't even know how to like say it, but you can feel that they they mean what they're singing. They're not just singing lyrics they made a a note to like a lot of pop music is you know it's just kind of what the lyrics they were written down they made a beat and they sing it they don't really know like they don't have that attachment to it some do but a lot of them don't like whereas in that in those genres it seems to have a lot more attachment to every lyric they're singing or it has a backstory like a lot of the emo music i listen to has a backstory of like oh well this is because our bandmate died or i had a friend that died you know something that attaches them to that song pop music when you have a 13 year old singing about hard times you're like really yeah right (laughs) now i i don't have much of a say in it because i don't really particularly like hard rock at all i think rockers have a a falseness to them too the guy from creed was supposed to be a christian guy and he had a drug problem in a sex tape so and that makes a good point shot up his own house and a whole bunch of other crazy shit yeah he had he had some crazy shit in his life. Fun fact, Kid Rock was in that sex tape, too. Yeah. Really? Yes. Not his only one. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> then they had that hard rock people from, oh, what was it, Finland? They went around and burned churches? Uh, Norway. That was Mayhem. Norway. Yeah, that's it. And the one guy shot himself, and they put it on the album cover. Yes, yes, they put his picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That and was... then the other guy stabbed the other guy. Yeah, that was kind of sick. That, that guy just got different. out of the jail a couple years ago, because you only do 20 years in Norway for murder. I hear yeah. it's pretty easy jail time over there, too. I don't know about Norway, but I know in Germany, the jail there, like, if you don't, if you're not a, I can't remember what they, like, put the offense as, what their levels are. But if you're at, like, a lower level, you get to go home on the weekends. There's a TV in your room. Like, it's fucking nice. I'm like, yeah, it's free apartment rent for me. Yeah. What if you get a deal on your lease for only being there two days a week? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only going to be here on the weekends. You ain't going to really worry about me in the week. You don't want to know where I'm going to be. Just Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the music in general can make you feel things, but I don't think it makes you depressed or anxious. I think maybe you already inclined to feel in that way and perhaps a certain song brings it out but i don't know about that i will say as someone that has depression and anxiety and all that mm-hmm. music is my getaway like uh, all the time but you, like, i'm listening already to music got it. it's not the music's reason you got anxiety right no i wouldn't say i yeah That's it's what not I the mean. music cause but the music is definitely my escape to it oh sure there's songs that'll make me cry too but you know I'll wait for you. It's a country song. Makes me cry every time. Country music elicits angry emotions from me. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it elicits drunk emotions from me a lot. <laughs> me and my friends have a drinking playlist that includes all hard rock and metal. Oh, lovely. Eh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, my favorite is still probably, like, emo. I, I love emo music, and I like alt rock which is not near anything like heavy rock. It's just a lighter rock. But I like those two probably the most, but I listen to just about everything. I remember... I have the heavy rock on one station. I have country on some stations. I I remember you were about 13 or 14 to Anthony, and you had me listen to Papa Roach. You were like, listen to this, Amber, and this is awesome. And I listened to one song, and I was like, oh, my God. See, I don't mind Papa Roach. <laughs> I regret that now. <laughs> There's a couple songs out by him that I don't, I don't really mind. I was just, but most of them were like, like the wow. older songs, I guess, from yeah. more nostalgic anymore. Like I, I was like, oh, to, I remember that. I tried to put on the nicest ant face, like, wow, that's that's interesting, bud. But I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know there was a couple times where I had to play music growing up, and you had to be like, oh, that's that's, that's interesting. That's that's horrific. <laughs> I mean, I loved it at the time, so. Me and my friend were working out of town. We would ride together, and we were driving six hours, arguing back and forth whether or not we're listening to Slayer or his weird techno shit. Some techno is not bad. There's, I don't know, I have to, there is very specific, like that techno and the dance music that's out there that I can listen to. A lot of that, to me, just, it's not bad, but I don't, I cannot get into it. Like, people go to those EDM festivals, and I mean, they live breathe and die that shit and there's most of it to me is like oh, it sounds the same because they're all on drugs well, <laughs> yeah i like old country and 80s see uh, i like my 90s if we're gonna go like decade genres and 90s is where it's at i don't mind 70s though but i kind of skip over the 80s for a lot of my music hey. i'm not gonna lie that was a good era for music most so, people skip the- over the 80s for most in cars <laughs> No, movies, music. Oh, dress. not movies. No. Right, no. Lethal Weapon, dude. Come on. Okay, yeah, there was Lethal Weapon. And I will say, one of my favorite movies of all time Breakfast Club. is Breakfast Club. Back to the Future. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. So, like, okay, maybe, maybe 80s movies. Think about where it was at. All that survived. The only thing that ages well. Yeah, everything else kind of died out. <laughs> Fashion trends, hair. Okay, that was a little harsh now. Van Halen. <laughs> oh. I prefer Van Hagar. So I guess before we move on, like the bottom of your story, like what was that story? Was it trying to say that it just helps with anxiety and depression? They're just saying that there is a, a direct link between heavy metal and depression and anxiety. Okay, but, but they they're don't not know. sure if the music 
brings it on, or oh. if these people already had it and they're just kind of drawn to. I don't think the music brings it on. I think people are just drawn to that sense because it makes them feel something, makes them feel more empowered or maybe more, you know, like... I don't think they so. I think they already maybe suffer from anxiety or whatever. Yeah, I don't think the music causes it. Although I I will say the most common song listened to Rise People Commit Mass Murders is Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. I do know that. That's a random fact. I don't know why I know that or who did that study, but... Almost everyone, when they're going to commit a mass shooting or whatever, usually listens to Let the Body Sit the Floor right beforehand or during. Plot twist. Found the singer's body on the floor of the tour bus. (laughs) I thought listening to, like, R.E.M. or something would make you want to commit mass murder. Yeah. I'm just saying. Or the Beatles. (laughs) Finally, there's someone else with me on that. I know it's unpopular, but... And I don't even hate the Beatles. Like, but I just... Ah, they don't do anything. I don't understand the fascination with them. There's like three songs where I'm like, oh yeah, they're not bad. I don't understand the fascination with them. Uh, My first story this week is Beer Here. The world's first beer hotel is finally opening, and I am excited. It's the Scottish beer company BrewDog is opening the doghouse on the 27th of this month, so it actually just opened about two days before this aired. It's up in Columbus, Ohio. I bet you they're already full. Oh, I, I'm sure, and I would love to be one of their people. Uh, open Upon entry, you'll be greeted by a lobby bartender <laughs> that will hand you a complimentary drink as you check in. Yeah, baby. Some rooms will have wet bars and views the sour beer facility. So, like, if you get, like, a nicer room, it'll have its own wet bar, and you'll actually be able to see the factory right from your room. There'll be, like, a little window to it. Can they see me? <laughs> I don't know if they want to see me. Uh, they, they even have dog-friendly rooms, as you could probably guess by the name, being BrewDog and all. They actually have dog-friendly rooms, so you can book it with you and your canine companion. Uh, there will be in-room taps in every room. There will be mini-fridges that are stocked. And there will be a little mini-fridge in the shower that's stocked at every room, so you can have a shower beer, which I think is fucking great. Uh, they even have, like, malted barley massages that you can do, like, as an add-on to your room. The lobby will have games and activities, kind of like beer pong and certain things like that, so you can go down to the lobby and see everybody else that's in the hotel if you want to play around a beer pong or other drinking games. If you get too drunk, I can just ship you on the elevator and send you up. Yeah, let's get your room. There we go. Go that way. <laughs> just push them in the elevator and press the button. They'll have an interactive beer museum. I personally think this sounds like heaven. <laughs> Except for the part strange. where it's in Ohio. Yeah, except for that. <laughs> Strange Brew keeps playing in my head. Oh, God. <laughs> I wonder well, if that's going like to be like a room. <laughs> I'm driving. My brother's not here. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this ain't heaven. <laughs> oh, that's a great... Uh, you know, back to the 80s movies. I guess there were some good ones in there. Uh, and honestly, the prices for this aren't that bad. It's no. $162 a night for just your normal room and then if you want the suite the king suite it's only $284 a night so in all reality for everything you're getting into being the first of its kind and so different it's really not that badly priced I don't think Mm -mm. and the suite is freaking gorgeous oh yes I this the rooms really look nice wonder if their pool is filled with beer no that was a thought that was something that said is there gonna be like a beer filled jacuzzi and there is not was all the Costing included for the beer? 
I didn't find it anywhere where it said like how much is included. Even. <laughs> I could do it. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> I didn't find anywhere to like to say whether it was included or if you get like X amount of beers per room. I mean, I'm, I, I, I couldn't imagine it being unlimited because they would have to lose money that way. Yeah, but I would imagine there has to be some included in the room because that's the whole concept of it to yeah. not have any included, like at least the taps be included in your room or something. I mean, there's a tap in every room. Are there any like statistics on is it booked and for like how long? I didn't see anything about how no. far it's booked out. I mean, I thought about calling them and booking myself a room because it's only a couple hour drive for me. And I don't give a shit what state it's in. If it's a beer hotel, I'm there. I prefer like a wine hotel, but whatever. Go make your own. I, in this case, want a shower beer. <laughs> that is so cool. Then, <laughs> Did you see they started making beer specifically designed for shower beers? Did they really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of, of who was doing it, but they said this is the optimum shower beer. Oh, that is <laughs> heavenly. Because it's someone that has lived off of shower beers before. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that is great. Uh, I guess, I mean, there's not really, like, an opinion necessarily to this, but would you stay here? Would, would y'all want to stay here? I'd, I'd probably do it. I don't like beer. If I had to be in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're going to drag me to Ohio, sure. I don't like beer, but I'd stay in the hotel with my husband, who would probably thoroughly enjoy it. I know my wife is another one. She doesn't really like beer, and I don't understand that. But I do Nobody know... Nobody likes the taste of beer. Nobody. I do. No, I've not been really. waving the taste of beer lately. Not really. Checking the wrong beer then. <laughs> yes, there is a beer out there for you, I'm sure. Beer is amazing. <laughs> but I know, like, I thought about trying to book it and talking her into it because I'm like, I have a DD because something tells me by checkout time, I'm still going to be drunk. So, free DD. She doesn't like beer. See if I can talk her into a romantic getaway. It'll be a romantic getaway. It's a couple hours away. Oh, we'll yeah. stay in the nice suite. <laughs> Yeah, being sure. blackout drunk's always romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, hopefully they can write my hotel room on the back of my hand for me, because <laughs> working, working out of town, I, I once had to call my roommate to ask him what room I was supposed to be in. I wonder if when the lobby bartender, because that's amazing in and of itself, hands you that complimentary beer, if he just tags your wrist with what your number's going to be, has like a little barcode to say, if lost, scan here to get info. Oh, that's it. You're up in 243. Just go up this way, sweetie. Those luggage carts, you know, on the wheels. Just just (laughs) stick you on them and roll you up to your room. Just watching it go by. There's three drunk people stacked on there. Just make my daily rounds. Bring out your dad. Yeah. Which I wonder if this cuts into, like, if they can only have the lobby open so long. Because I know a lot of places you have cutoff for beer. Like, you can't serve beer after X time or whatever. I wonder if that affects their lobby. It might be, like, different in Ohio. I don't know, but I wonder. Because every state I've been in always has some form of cutoff for at least a couple hours in between. So I wonder if there's, like. Which is weird as hell, if you ask me. I agree. (laughs) Because as someone has worked fucked up shifts, like, I'm sorry it's 7 or 4 a.m. I just got off. And, and, like, Georgia, they won't sell beer on Sunday. Yes. Like, do you honestly think people aren't going to drink on Sunday because you're not selling the beer on Sunday? Yeah, I'll never understand that at all. My stepdad waits outside the gas station every morning for the to start selling beer because he gets off at 6 and they don't sell until 7. <laughs> yep. I have quite a few people that actually I see right at 7 a.m. when I go in because we sell beer where I work. And there's a couple people that... 7 a.m. come around because they're the night shifters. Yeah. That I, at my first hour, I have quite a few beer sales from them because they're going home. 
But I just wonder if they, like, have to shut down their lobby at certain hours, like, to in-state compliance, or if they're an ex- if they're exempt because of what they are, because they're a hotel there. I don't know. I have a beer in the morning before I go to bed when I work night shift, and people always ask me, it's like, you're drinking already? It's like, drinking finally. <laughs> yes. We used to always get people that would come in and stare, because when I worked at the bowling alley on base, we had a group of night shifters, and their routine, they got off Thursday night, and then they had Friday and Saturday nights off. And they would come in after they got off work Thursday night, which is usually about 7 a.m. They would come to the bowling center, bowl two games together, get a couple pitchers of beer between them, and have breakfast burritos. That was their every Friday morning. That was like their, hey, it's our weekend finally. We're off. Let's go have some beers, some food, and go home. And they used to get looks every week. And we'd be like, y'all, they work night shift. Like, this is 10 p.m. for them, and they're getting ready for their weekend. They're ready to go home. (laughs) I'd stay. I would so I I would love this place. I am honestly going to look into trying to get a little couple people together and go out there because I would think it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be be one hell of an experience. I know I could get. I know I could book that hotel floor. floor out. Yes. <laughs> like to rent the third floor, please. And you can bring your dog, which I think just makes it that much better. I don't know. Your no. dog is drunk. Yeah, I, she would love it. Million My bar tab would be too high. Do they have dog beers? Oh, I wonder, because they make those, too. Yeah, email them right now, see if we can get a reply by the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Do you sell dog beers? I just want to know. I'm just asking for a friend. (laughs) That is, that's a good question. I wonder if they do. I guess that kind of settles off for our first stories here. Let's go into our package slots, which is still one of my favorite segments, no matter how many weeks we do this. Uh, but Packers Thoughts, if this is your first time listening, is just simply where we try out something new that none of us have tried before. We'll read off some facts, give our overrated opinions about it, because even though you may not give a fuck, we do, and it gives us a reason to eat fattening food. Yeah. Really nothing more than that. This week, we have one that is probably my favorite named thing so far at all. It's Hanky Panky. Yes, it's made right here in PA, too. Bristol, PA. Where's Bristol at? If I'm not, if I'm correct, I think it's near Bloomsburg. Okay, so it's up north. I can confirm. Well, north central. Yeah. Okay. Much. Bloomsburg's a little bit past State College if you're heading. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So Hanky Panky, which I think is a hilarious name, and then the brand that makes it is called Toad Alley for totally snacks. So there's a pun. There's a sex joke. There's. I'm already happy with this before I even tried any of it. That's nice and punny. <laughs> it's a chocolate covered caramel drizzle popcorn or something like that with peanuts with peanuts okay so it's yes. almost like a cracker jack chocolate version yeah kind of and it was founded in 1983 so it's still kind of i guess kind of new yeah especially because the last few weeks the things have been from 1969 20, 1940 20. 1920 like we've been progressively getting older and older so in comparison to everything else we've tried this is pretty new only $1.25. Were, we were thinking about all the chocolate places in PA, this being from PA as well. Yeah, there there's is like thousands of little chocolate ears around PA. I love it. Yeah, Pennsylvania has a shit ton of chocolate. I mean, just in our area, you have Gina Food, Sarah's. Um, I'm trying to think of what. There's one up there also off of by Redstone. Pittsburgh. Redstone, that's the one I'm thinking of, is right up there. You have big names like Hershey and Mars, and apparently, totally. It's all from here. Jean and Boots. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Saris's. Oh, I know. That's oh, yeah. uh, the best milkshakes. Well, some of them. Apparently, we have a thing with eating bad stuff. We got 
all the chocolate. You got chips. Yeah. Tons of chips. Like it's uh, Snyder. All the pretzel and potato chips. Oh yeah. Chips. We have Snyder's. We have Oots. Yeah. Uts or however Uts. the hell you pronounce it. We have Turner's tea. Oh, I love Turner's tea. <laughs> and the yeah, first we're ingredient. Yeah, not a really healthy state. First ingredient on this package is sugar, so that's a good start. Oh, oh yeah. That's always a great start then. That makes it yummy. All right, all right. I think I hate the packaging. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not really impressed. Popcorn's kind of stalish. Yeah, the popcorn is kind of like styrofoam. I'm sure. You ever forget to take the wrapper off your gum? Kind of tastes like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's a really good definition of it. Packaging. I've never amazing. Styrofoam, the taste, but the chocolate part, though. The chocolate's, the chocolate's not good. bad to it. And I didn't find a nut yet. No. no, I haven't seen a peanut. <laughs> I'd probably be interested in their actual chocolate offerings. Their chocolate's yes, tasty. Yes, they're, they're like known for chocolate-covered pretzels is like their big seller. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think any chocolate-covered pretzels is going to beat Saris's. That is my favorite thing from them, Andy's and, and I love their chocolate-covered pretzels. I could just live off of those. And I don't even like chocolate that much, but for some reason, their chocolate-covered pretzels to me are just heaven. It's all about the Oreos. <laughs> that Carmen likes the Oreos. Yeah. I like turtles, the caramel and all. Oh, yeah, with a pecan and caramel and chocolate and pretzel. Okay. Well, I got to be honest, that kind of sucked. Yeah. I think we I'm broke our streak. The chocolate and... was good, but... You were just talking about it last week. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I think we broke our streak. I feel bad. We finally got a special guest on and our streak got broken. I <laughs> know. Oh, you had to cook me dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that popcorn was rather different. Yeah, I don't... I didn't like that. Nah. <laughs> I love the name. That's, that's about as far as it goes. Let's go back to the hot Snickers. That was good. No, no, that was that was too much. <laughs> the other Snickers were good, but that, that spicy. I mean, it had a good flavor, but damn, that was that was too much for me. All right, our first. Okay. Yeah, our first one being bad. I know. That's horrible. Now I can't get that styrofoam taste out of my mouth. All right. We all know that means last clip. I have, in honor of Anthony being here, my last clip is about the most pricey guitars. The number one most priciest guitar ever was Reach Out to Asia Stratocaster. It went for $2.7 million because it has 19 artists' signature on it. Damn. Who signed it? There's uh, 19 artists did. One of them is like Brian Adams and... And oh, it okay. sold for two point seven. They were re- they were uh, raising money for something. Okay, so it was like an auction. Uh huh. That's a lot of money to pay for a guitar, especially one because you're never gonna play that. No. Like, there's no, no way I would. Yeah, play. I might that. strum it one time just to say I strummed the guitar, but then I never want to touch it again. I want it to be up in a case and secured. <laughs> Number two is a '59 Les Paul. It was owned by Fleetwood Max Peter Green. It sold for two million. Uh, I was in a band in high school, just a small little band, and the guitarist of the band loved Les Pauls. That was his favorite. I have four of them. <laughs> Is that who, what brand do you like the most? Gibsons. Gibsons. I have four Les Pauls in a flying V. They're all Gibsons. Mm-hmm. He liked Gibson, but Les Paul was definitely his. Like that well, was... Gibson makes the Les Paul. Mm-hmm. That's why I say he liked all Gibsons, but Les Paul was his. Like yeah, he loved any any kind of Les Paul guitar. Out What's there, the Stratocaster then? Fender. Makes it? Fender. Oh, okay. That uh, the '59 Les Paul is the most sought-after production year of Gibson's okay. too. Okay, so that's oh, I why. Because that. I was like, I'm not saying nothing against Fleetwood Mac or cool and all, but 
I mean, like you know. a bad one still sells for over ten grand. Wow, that's pretty awesome. What, what makes that year such so sought after compared to like their? What did they do something different they, that year to them or? It had there's aside from the actual year they did a special color run they called the uh, the sunburst and those are particularly collectible. It's like that mapley mm-hmm. flame oh. top look that's like a golden color. And they say each one's unique, and they say that just the wood from that year, the craftsmanship, because it was still mostly handmade back, well, almost entirely handmade back then, so. Number three is a 68 Fender Stratocaster, if I would have just waited till I read one more. <laughs> <clears throat> Sold for two million as well. It was Jimi Hendrix's. Ooh, that would be fun to have a Jimi Hendrix guitar. But from what I read, he used to pawn his guitars all the time. So how is this one, do they know this is like... Oh, I know. The I think I'm pretty sure. What's Frank Zappa's kid's name? Oh, Dweezil has the one he lit on fire. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that would be cool. Now that I would like. That, that would be neat. But I mean, even though he, even if he auctioned a lot off, like he didn't auction you still them, he went and pawned them or pawned them, you still wouldn't want one of those guitars that say they're from Jimi Hendrix. Well, I'm just saying, like they probably used one time, and then he was like, oh, I'm gonna on it i'd rather have money for drugs yeah but it was a Jimi hendrix okay (laughs) number four was an axe i don't even know what kind of guitar that is owned by kiss huh was it from kiss uh no jerry garcia okay it was 1.9 million it went for i guess a lot of deadheads out there Hmm. i don't know what kind of axe is i don't know too much about guitars to be honest i'm not i'm not a big grateful dead fan so i'm not familiar with what he's got going on either no. Number five was a Washburn 22 series Hawk. It went for 1.2 million and it was Bob Marley's. Oh. I knew you'd like that one. I would. That's uh, honestly out of all the guitars you read there, I would love something from Bob Marley. That would be awesome. I adore Bob Marley and his music and I I could listen to it all day. Buffalo Soldier. You know he painted so on there. There's something so soothing about Bob Marley to me. The best guitar, according to guitar experts, is the Fender Telecaster, and it starts around $600. They say that is the best guitar. Yeah, Fender has always had that name out there. Like, I don't yeah. know, just everybody, like all the experts Fenders? always seem to say Fender. I have one right now, but I've had, you know, I've had over 50 guitars by now. I've bought and sold a bunch, but I do have a Telecaster, and it's a 60-year anniversary pearl color and it's it's Ooh. a really gay color but it's sparkly and shit nice but yes i do have one a little twilight vampire-ish there uh-huh. i <laughs> thought one of them guitars would be that van halen one the double with all the you could build one of those for like 20 bucks oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah this is just a bunch of parts he had laying around oops <laughs> i'm sure it would go for money if it was one that like he played or something but uh, yeah like oh, I mean, i'm sure if eddie van halen touched it That'd be kind of cool, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I have actually had what's, the ability to play a Fender once, and it was fun, but... What's the most expensive one you own? One of my Les Pauls. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. I definitely played a lot more Gibson, though, with, like I said, a guitarist. He was... He loved specifically the Les Pauls. That was his favorite ever. So that was mostly what we used. The Fender Telecaster was also the first mass-produced solid-body guitar. Before really? that, it was all, you know, hollow bodies, acoustics. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not the first one, first mass-produced, though. And uh-huh. 
if I remember correctly, it was 1951. I guess that would be kind of right around the time when they started yeah. having more more solid bodies out than just having acoustics. Don't hold me to that, but and it was originally called the Broadcaster. Oh, uh, no, that what, I did not know. That's what my senior paper was on, but that was 10 years ago. I haven't thought about that number in a <laughs> I while. Got, I got to yeah. try to remember everything. I wonder what kind of guitar Elvis played. A bunch of different ones. Oh, okay then. I uh, thought it was like he had one particular he liked. I know he had Gibsons, just sinking the pictures of him. Since he was more of an act, I'm sure he played whatever suited the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure whatever was better for the show at that point or whatever yeah. better with that outfit. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh, that's cool. That was some cool facts. I didn't know all that. That was at least there are actually good guitars too that you brought up that were signed because I hate seeing somebody that pays like a thousand dollars for a fifty dollar guitar with some jerk off signature on it. Yeah, yeah just they pay solely for the signature and they think it's something great. Yeah, I never understood. Besides, like that's that's a star putting guitar. stock in humans just because they sign something. No, that's kind of weird. No, I get, yeah. Unless uh, it's signed by like. Well, no, even then, it's kind of stupid. Okay, forget it. Maybe an artist's signature, because they're oh, an artist, yes. the pen is kind of their thing, but I don't know why I need something signed by a guy who makes music. He's not known for his penmanship, he's known for <laughs> <Yes>. his music. <laughs> yeah. Or never, somebody who acts in a movie, it doesn't If he wrote really... my name into a song, that'd be cool. There you go. Yeah, I never really got the lure of buying things that were signed. The only things that I like signed are when I get to meet the person. Yeah. And that's because then it could say to Travis from that and it gives me that memory of like oh remember that one time I got to meet fill in the blank that's cool to me but I've never been one to like want to purchase something that was signed unless but you made a good point with like if it's yeah. an artist that's kind of the the concept is to have the picture with their signature going so and so made this I've met a couple guys from bands I listen to at shows and they've signed stuff for me but it's mostly just a segue to get to shake the guy's hand you know Oh, yeah. yeah, that's Talk why I, said, I like it then. So that's that way, different. I know, like, I can remember that time. That like, oh, I remember when I got to meet them. It was awesome. It was fun. And you have a better chance of remembering where in my house the stuff is that's signed than I do. Because I have no <laughs> idea. I don't think about it. And mine's honestly most of mine is it's not hanging on the wall. It's yeah. stuffed in a closet somewhere. Yeah, most of mine is probably in a box, <laughs> le- like in storage somewhere before I move or in between moves. Like it's probably all stored in different spots. Coolest thing I ever seen, son. We went and seen this band every time I died. My buddy lost his glasses in the mosh pit, and we stayed after to find them. While the band was cleaning up, we found his glasses, and the dude comes over and goes, Oh man, that sucks, and he signed my buddy's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Now that is cool. That's cool. The only is- autograph I ever really... I had Dan Marino, and when I went for him to go sign the paper, he was like two, and I said Bryn, and his wife was expecting a baby at the time. So he sat there for like... I'd say a good 15 minutes and ask me all about my name. See, that's cool. That's like, like, I have a... Dude, I'm like talking. I have a picture somewhere, again, I don't know where, I know it's in a box somewhere, of the Drifters with all of their signatures on it. But I loved it because I remember when I see a picture of getting, I was young at the time, I I had to be seven or so, but I remember getting to go behind the table and uh-huh. they let me go behind their table and hang out with them for probably like 30 minutes. They had you sign an autograph. Somewhere, somewhere out there. Somebody has Travis's autograph. Yeah, somewhere out there, there are pictures of all the drifters with all their signatures and my seven-year-old signature on them because I was just in their line hanging out with them for like 30 minutes. And it was awesome. Nice. One of the coolest <laughs> memories I ever had. There's me and your dad standing off to the side like, Hope we're done soon. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how long the autograph yeah, session. I don't know apparently how long they plan on keeping my job. <laughs> that 
speaking of which, that guy that signed my buddy's glasses, I seen him again a couple of years ago. He's always hanging out with the band. He, uh, after the show, he was standing at the counter one time. Me and my buddies are talking, and we see some dude talking to my buddy's sister. I was like, who's talking to your sister, man? He's like, I don't know. And we're like, oh, that's a guitarist from the band. That's cool. <laughs> he was selling, like, posters and stuff, but he would he would hand draw, like, each one oh, of them. Oh, no, that's cool. And so she they talked about art and stuff she's art too and then he took the one that she was gonna buy and he ordered it up even more so hers was even more different then that would be cool that would yes. be awesome yes that would be awesome yeah you'll have to you have to let us know what you think about like having things signed are you into buying that memorabilia or do you have any cool stories like that you have something signed and the reason why you like it is because of a story that goes behind it my brother likes sign things he does mm-hmm. yeah he um, likes to have a lot of like sports memorabilia signed it's yeah. his thing yeah like holly Holm shorts or something crazy this is my dad we're talking about by the way <laughs> <laughs> i think he has like i think it's holly's i can't remember it might he has the, yeah I, he's had like a lot of signed stuff he, he does, does have, have quite, quite the collection up there I, I will say that me personally the weirdest thing i was ever involved with we were at a ufc weigh-in in pittsburgh and then Antonio Brown was there because he wanted to get his picture on the scale. And of course, all my friends just like, we had someone had him sign a, a, a glove because it's all they had. It's Antonio Brown, I guess. Everybody likes him. I guess he's famous. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, guess he's someone that people he's, he's, he's pretty, pretty big around here. Sure. And I'm just standing there with my beer and he's like signing everybody's stuff and he looks at me like for what I want signed. And I was like, I don't know, I handed him my phone and had him sign my phone case. <laughs> but we were all in his, we were all in his Snapchat, which was kind of cool. Well, that would be cool, cool, actually. That is cool. And then back to me not caring. No idea where that phone case is. Probably threw it away. <laughs> Got a new phone. Doesn't fit. Could have sold that for 10 bucks as long as somebody yes. had a Motorola. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. What is your last clip of the day? Okay, let's talk about video games uh, after the recent tragedy, I guess. So... The Olympic Committee and some esports committees got together in a summit in Switzerland, and they're talking about possibly 2024, no guarantee, bringing esports into the Olympics. I'm sorry, I think it's funny. It's it's interesting. <laughs> what do you think? It's a sport. I wouldn't call it a sport. I'd call it competitive for sure. I, I'll agree there. I definitely now. think the I competition factor is there. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's like anything. Because there is skill. Yes, definitely. So these people that are on the, that level are... Lots of dedication. ...definitely have one hell of a skill set that is unique and a lot of time, effort, practice put into it. I mean, people will laugh at these people because they're like, they're doing the videos online. Like, I personally don't watch Twitch or anything like that where I watch other people play because I don't even have time to play them myself. <laughs> but, so... It's a game of skill. It should be on some platform then if people want it. I guess it's supply and demand. If you want it, yeah. you can have anything you want. So, and they're making millions and people think it's insane because they're playing video games. Well, how do you think people felt 200 years ago when playing cards were still for kids? And that's true. People are millionaires playing poker. Mm-hmm. People play chess and make money. They oh, yeah. actually have Tiddlywink champions. Yeah. What the fuck? But you don't see those things in in the Olympics. No, that's true as well. I mean, video games can be exhausting, I guess, mentally and physically if you have to hold your pee in for 12 hours. But (laughs) I just don't see the physical attribute. I definitely see the mental. I definitely see the practice of it. There's a lot of games, I would say, that aren't physical. But I don't know how many. But how many of those are in the Olympics? In the Olympics, yeah. 
as much as I like I can think of in the Olympics has like some physicality to it you have to work at physically not just practice and mentally yeah so maybe not Maybe not the Olympics. I think we can all agree on, but on some platform, sure, why not recognize it? I think it? it should, yeah. I I remember, it's on ESPN now. There you go. I remember when, uh, what are the, not the Olympics, but they have those other X Games. Yeah. I remember when those first came out, everybody, like my dad, your pap, was like, are they for real? You know? Yeah. Is this really going to be something? And, no, you know, it's going they're strong. They're too now. Yeah. I then that, that was always a talk too for a while because snowboarding made it into the Olympics, right? And people were always like half of the, you know half the people the trendy ass kids would always want the X Games and to be a part of the Olympics too, like skateboarding in the Olympics. But that never made sense to me since skateboarding was always kind of a counterculture thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it kind of, they kind of have their own little... But weren't they actually talking about adding skateboarding into 2020? Maybe. I haven't looked that up in a while. I know, I remember it reading has about all, If something. you ask me, it has all the aspects that you're looking for in an Olympic game. I, I think, think it, it does, does as well. I just can't remember. I remember reading about it. This is a while ago now. Then, like, having the talks of, you know, should it be including the committee's meeting on whether or not to include. Like, I know in 2020, I think it is, that golf is going to be... Mm-hmm in the Olympics or now or again I don't know if it ever was I think it was I think it was years at and one years time, and years yeah. ago but I mean then they take out certain things like baseball right. which I think is but I don't, I don't know it's so hard to look we can't have the Olympics being like 70 hours long because of baseball yes <laughs> no, <and laughs> that's, that's the thing with baseball is it is too entirely too long for Olympics and that's what I think of like because there's so many of these that I think could be Olympic sports but I guess it is really hard because you have to you have to pick and choose. You have to condense it down because, like you said, you can't have the Olympics go on all year yeah. just to fit in every everybody's sport, everybody's talent. And I don't think that. I think no offense. I don't think video games sports out of the Olympics. Quite frankly, skateboarding well, like, has its own thing. It doesn't need to be in the Olympics. What does skateboarding has its own thing? It doesn't need to be it's in the exactly. Olympics. Exactly, they have their own little games, the X Games. And then they have little, the Street League now too. See, yeah. they don't. They don't really need Olympics. I, I do agree with that. Like the. Like, yeah, because but if there's a lot of those that kind of transfer over, like BMX is now in the Olympics, and that's an X Games thing. Yeah. Snowboarding's in there now. That started as the Winter X Games. I don't think you're gonna if they put. First of all, I don't think half these skateboarders can get passports. But <laughs> you're not wrong. I don't know if they'd be able to get alone visas. But so I don't. I don't see a lot of skateboarders even signing up for it no i i agree with you i don't think they would either it's not their thing it's not their x no. games is their thing yeah they look to that that is their that's where they want to medal that's where they want to yeah. go to it's different now like i said there's the street league skateboarding but that's focused more on like what skateboarding's actually about not like it yeah, is it's not in a park actually going out and skating well they do do actual street competitions but they're like the skate parks they use are like replicas of skate spots and stuff like that it'll be stairs and stuff and it'll be built for each city and it's but it's not quite the parky thing that you see in in the x games and you'll see more of your skateboarders that people look up to in that but like the people that you would see in the x games are kind of nobody cares you're not going to see them in any magazines they're, they're not selling the most boards and stuff typically amongst like real skateboarders yeah I would have to agree with that. That is true. I don't know. I think you could take out, like, discus and stuff. Shot put. Shot put. I mean, 
But that kind of started with, like, the Greek era. I think it was Yeah, but, you know, we could let it go now, don't you think? Curling. No, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to bring up curling. I fucking like curling. I actually watched that shit during the Winter Olympics. I think I think it's time we bring in Olympic drinking. No, I there think we are. If we did, like, beer pong championships in the Olympics... I've been waiting to show the rule of my down. skills. I feel like I could finally be an Olympic star there. You could go medal. Yes, I just don't think like going back to the e game part of it. I don't think the e games need to go in the Olympics because no, we'll start adding too much and it won't. It'll be too wide. Like it needs to be condensed. It still needs to be somewhat condensed. And while I agree with that, it is a real thing and it should be a competition. They should have a platform. I just don't think it's the Olympics as their platform. I I mean, I it's not for me, but clearly they're making money. Watching other play people play video games is really boring. Oh, I yeah, like, like there's definitely a thing in it, and I'm okay with that. Like, I think they maybe should have a, a platform of an every-other-year, every-year yeah. thing, similar to the X Games, that is for video games. Do an EA Sports, you know, championship where they can have, you know, medals in different yeah. categories. That would be awesome. I just don't think it fits into the Olympic idea no. of it. No. I mean, like I said, obviously I'm wrong because they're making millions online with people watching them play. But Oh, yeah, they make here's, bank. Here's what I don't... I, don't, I think they're missing the mark here with the... Uh, what do you call it? the customer? Uh, how many people you know play video games or, that sit around and watch ABC and NBC to watch the Olympics? Yeah, that's you, true. you make a really good point. The people yeah, that are big that's playing a video good games, point. Playing. Yeah, do you know exactly. what people that play video games do? They play video games. They don't yeah, watch right. TV. They're not yes. watching. Yes, the only exactly. time they watch isn't going to be the Olympics. They're going to be watching, like you said, Twitch streams yeah. and YouTube videos. Like they're going to go over watch mm-hmm. someone play that's through and get their play, ideas, yes. and then they go back to playing video games. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch TV. I. I just like maybe four, maybe five TV shows that I watch. But if I have an extra minute, I'm not sitting down to watch to, a movie yeah. or TV. I'm playing playing video games. Yeah. I play games on my phone and computer. Yeah. I'm a simmer. Like I said, the only time it gets physical is like, I mean, I've been in games of zombies that lasted four and a half hours. That gets kind of, that's intense. I mean, you got yes. DDR. You got beer bottles everywhere. You got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DDR is still the only one that's really coming to mind that has any physicality to it. That'd be wild. Olympic DDR. Oh, I don't understand. I've, I've watched, when we were at that pinball tournament that we went to, mm-hmm. not tournament, the expo, they had those DDR stages up, and I was watching that one dude just go ham on it, and I could not if, keep up with what the hell he was doing. If we're going to have Olympic video games, it has to be DDR, and we have to kick it like early 2000s old school, and they all have to wear tripwear for their uniforms. Yes! <laughs> That I would actually watch. That's interesting. I, I like that. So my last clip of the day, before we close up shop here, is simply Pumpkin Spice Summer. Is Pumpkin Spice starting to come out too early? I mean, y'all, we're in August right now, y'all. And For a we already have yeah. pumpkin beers out. And as someone that has to do beer orders, they've been out for about two weeks already that I've had them ordered in. We have pumpkin beers all coming through. Starbucks started their pumpkin spice latte the 28th, so it'll be like a day before this comes out. The pumpkin spice latte comes out. And the, the pumpkin beer is still surprising that they beat even Starbucks to the punch here. But if you look out on your, like, your local shelves, you have all of the pumpkin spice cookies out, pumpkin-shaped things. Like It's already out, and it's August. We haven't even hit the end of summer yet. We haven't even hit the end of the 101 days of summer that's between Memorial and Labor Day. And we're in the pumpkin spice life already. I had my first pumpkin beer last night. 
I just think it's, I don't, I mean, I don't see it as, as a big anything. I mean, I like whether pumpkin, pumpkin came out last week or next week. I do too. I'm not saying nothing against taste of pumpkin. I'm just saying I don't see it. Who cares when it comes out? Because like I said, I, I, I do like, like pumpkin, pumpkin, and I like pumpkin beer. And I like pumpkin flavored things. I do. I just think of it as like a fall, like a, a hearty, like I don't know. To me, it's a fall and winter thing that I want. You know, I look like forward to. Yeah, like apple cider. Like I look forward to that season for it. And I feel like you're skipping ahead so far in advance. Like, you know damn right well after Labor Day here in a week, you'll start seeing Christmas shit out. It's already out in some places, babe. See, that's insane. Like Hobby Lobby already Why are we skipping? Why are we so pushing so far ahead we're missing the moment, I guess is my point. Because, you know, we skip Thanksgiving altogether, which for those of you that don't listen to America is just, it's it's another, I'd say it's one of our bigger holidays. Yeah. And it comes out, but we totally skip that one. We go right into Christmas, and we start that out, you know, six months out. You have Valentine's stuff out in Mm -hmm. Halloween. You'll start seeing hearts and Valentine's shit out. Like, I just don't understand why we're always so far forward that we're missing the moment. Next thing you know, by the time summer ends, we'll start seeing summer stuff out for next year. I think part of the Thanksgiving thing is that it's because it's not really a big decorating and buying holiday. You get your food, you have your day, it's done. Right. Yeah, it is true. It's kind of more just a make. It's a one. It's a one day food. thing. Yeah, just like kind Christmas of get is family a season. together and eat kind of holiday. Yeah, yeah. we'll agree. Christmas is definitely a season. Like that does, it encapsulates all the month of December. Really, you have things going on all month for yeah. Christmas only, parties and Christmas this, that, and the other. Fist the fights thing, in stores. Yeah. The only thing I have an issue with is when yeah. they rush stuff. That means that some stuff's got to go out early. Like when we went camping, me and your dad went to go look for a float to go down the river in. It's the beginning of August, and we had trouble finding a float because they were considered summer things, and they were already bringing out. Yes. So, you know, that kind of ticked me off a little. I just like we missed the moment a lot. It's still, it's the beginning of August. I want a freaking float. Yeah, it's still going to be hot for another month and a half at least. Yeah. As somebody who works construction, in the wintertime, I have like a three-week window to go get my warm clothes. (laughs) I swear they only order like one batch in. The thermal underwear are gone. The warm gloves and socks are gone. gone. you got to know someone that's ordering no one day shows (laughs) up. And then the worst is too is like if I go back to work in like February and it's still cold and I didn't need the stuff last year and I need it now, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's um, SOL. Yeah. And you made a good point too, Anth, about how like with the pumpkin beers coming out so early, it's great. They taste good. But by the time all October hits, yeah, you, you can't, can't find pumpkin beer anymore because it's all sold out. They've already when used you up really all the want it, yeah. When you're like, oh, this would be the perfect time. You can't find it. Mm-hmm. You're around a bonfire in the evening. Oh, with, yes. Like a sweater on or something. It's a good time for pumpkin beer. Yeah. But that was just my question, and it's posed out to you all as well. Like, how early is too early to have all of this out? Like, especially right now, pumpkin spice being out already. Is it too early, or is it right on time? Does it matter? Should it be all year? Like, what? Because I think that's another thing, too. They're tr- it's almost becoming an all-year thing, which defeats the purpose of upselling pumpkin spice for yeah for the time. It's out in summer. Particular time, right. But that's about all we have, I think, for story-wise. Yeah, I think we're done or it. That I had an awesome time. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, and Amy. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yes, thank you so much, Anne, for coming in and joining yeah, us, yeah, making yeah. this 10th episode that much more special. Celebratory. And celebratory. Celebratory. Okay, I had it right the same time. Yeah. 
There we go. Uh, but I think 10 episodes in, we're still having fun. Oh, yeah. It was great to have a special guest. I hope this gets to happen again. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, it was fun. Maybe we'll have a better snack next time you come. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, maybe it won't be so shit. It was the first shit snack we've had, and it was... I mean, it wasn't horrific. It wasn't, like, spit out, but... It's funny because we actually good. picked this one for you. We yeah. have a whole bag of stuff to try, but we're like, no, we want to try this one with Ale. Hey, I mean, like fun. I said, the chocolate's good. Popcorn's a bit, miss. Yeah, the... the yeah. It just, I don't know. It wasn't there for me. No, it was styrofoam. Make sure y'all definitely communicate with us this week. I mean, go ahead, answer some of those questions. Find us on Facebook uh, at Relative Reaction. Find us on Twitter, Relative Reaction. You can email us, relativereaction2018 at gmail.com. We're out there on all social medias. We do keep in touch with y'all. We look at that. You know, we keep posting. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the uniqueness of this week and the difference that we have out as episode 10. I can't believe we made it 10 episodes. Right, we're in double-digit episodes. That is yeah, that that's, is cool. that's cool shit. I'm, I'm so happy. It, it really does. And, I mean, I think that's pretty much all I have this week. That sums her up. So, as always, Anne, you being our special guest, would you like to go ahead and close us out? Because we all know that we're huge pet people here. You have a couple dogs and stuff yourself. Spay and neuter your pets. Oh, yes. And some of your relatives, too. Some of your relatives. Well, probably a lot of them.